definitely human. The Monster Hunters and the Box of Desires. Can't you put your foot down, fella? This is a horse. And so am I from having to tell you to go faster. This is an emergency. Really, sir? Better bloody thee. <laughs> I could never get on with Switzerland. Who wants to go to a freezing holiday resort? It's like the Antinese. Up ahead, sir. What, that's the castle? Yeah. Get out now, bitte. But there's miles left to walk. I will go no further. Not to the Schloss. I'll pay you? You haven't paid me at all yet. Right. I owe you. <laughs> Only I'm a bit on the broke side. Out! Fine, I'll just walk. One word of advice, sir. Stay on the path. And when you get to the... the outhouse... Well, I'd start running. What outhouse? You see the little spire? Yes. That outhouse. Looks more like a tomb. <laughs> Doesn't it just? My legs! My beautiful legs! It's all right, fellas. We're here now. Just a little sit down, a lovely scotch, and you'll be in peak physical condition again. <laughs> now, where's the doorbell on this thing? I bet that's cats. You're still? Ah, you've heard of me? No. The young lady said you would be coming. She told me what you looked like. And, uh, did she say nice things? Idiot is about all I can repeat. Sounds like Suki. Let me in, house lady. My cravat's so frozen, I could use it as a novelty floral steak knife. This way. Ah. Now that's better. I think I'm getting feeling back in my eyelids. Nice place you've got here. Very, uh, very old-fashioned. What do you call these? Candles. Right. I tried to keep the castle as it was in her Diablo's time. It was his wish. During the day, these windows let in all the light you could need. And the view down the mountain is impressive. That's great. I'd love to talk interior design all night with you, but that would be a lie. I've travelled half the night and a quarter of the day to get here, and I think you know why. Then, I think you should sit down. I think I should stand. Do you not like my chairs? It's not that. My trousers haven't thought out yet. I don't think I can. If you just tell me where I can find Lorimer, we'll be out of your hair and you can get back to doing whatever it is you do all day up here. I'm sorry, sir. No, that's all right. I'm sure it's lovely. Just my nerves are on edge, what with the urgent telex and everything. So where is he then? That is what you don't understand. Eh? What's going on with your mouth? You're speaking, but I don't understand what you're banging on about. You're still. I'm very sorry, but... Yes? Your friend, Lorimer Chesterfield. What about him? I'm very sorry, sir. Lorimer Chesterfield is dead. Take two elements. Any two elements, say, electricity and water. On their own, perfectly harmless. But when you mix them together, maybe in a bowl, dynamite! Roy Steele, part man, part fantasy, all mantasy. And Lorimer Chesterfield, to him, knowledge is a dirty word, but in a good way. 
My name is Sir Maxwell House. I took those two elements and like some kind of scientific blacksmith, I forged them together. Forged them into a team that would look danger in the eye and bring it down with the knowledge of a man and the fist of a man. They are the Monster Hunters. And if you could just type all that up sharpish, you'd be a dolly little darling. Scotch Roy? The two greatest words in the English language. Ah, ah, just the way I like it. Mm, you've even put the little flake in it. Oh, Roy Steele, hold your little hands right there. What are you doing, sir? Pouring myself a lovely scotch? Not on my time, you're not. Now, hang on a minute. Steele? But... No. I've been good. What did I say? It's not fair. All I want is a little scotch. What did I just say? Type up my impressive sounds. Just a little one, just a tiny little scotch. You're on duty. I like my factotums to be able to walk in a straight and powerful line like an impressive ruler. Factotums? Factotai? Factoti? Factoti? No, I mean, I only agreed to do a bit of typing while Suki and Lorimer are away. Roy Steele is no man's Batman. Oh, my little Roy Steele. Of course you are. I can't believe I agree to this. But you did. Look, here's the contract you signed. Yes. And here's a photo of you signing the contract. Excellent. And here's a recording of you agreeing to this. I agree to this. Now, wait a minute. Oh, Roy, all the memos you can take. Such larks. Well, maybe I'll just resign. It's not like I need this job anyway. Ha, <laughs> Roy. <laughs> I've seen your bank statements. That ex-wife of yours, ouch. You've seen... How have you seen my bank statements? It pays to have important connections in the City of London. Or perhaps it doesn't, otherwise I'd have a better secretary. You look here, Sir Maxwell. I make a damn good secretary. I can type, do fist fights, and look good perched on the side of a desk. Really, Roy? You can type, can you? Because these letters here tell a different story. So many errors. How are we spelling cuxoipel today? Cuxoipel's not even a word. Isn't it, Roy? I mean, can you really be sure? Think with all of your minds before answering that question. I can't believe you let Suki have time off. I know. Funny story. When she asked to go off with Chesterfield, she did that thing with her nostrils and I hid under my desk for an hour. Where exactly are they? Switzerland or something. Cataloguing things. I don't know why he bothers. Littlewoods is a thing now. I barely see him these days. He's always off doing something intellectual, and I get stuck in the flat like the last chicken in a cocktail bar. Ah, I thought you were doing things with an agent. Apparently, listening to me banging on about punching a lynx is out of fashion. I had to pull out of an appearance the other week because of protesters, which was a shame, because some of those protesters made me want to protest in an altogether different way. Oh... Ah, oh, the noise is in my head. So loud and bangy. It's, it's, it's the Telex machine, Sir Maxwell. You can hear that too. It's from Suki. Pass it here. I can read it myself. Rule number one of being a secretary, and that's you do all the fetching and writing and what have you, and I do all the important tasks, like shouting and reading things out loud in a shouty way. Aren't those just the same thing? It's from Suki. You going to read it then? Are we going to actually hear what Suki has to say in her own words? Oh, too boring, I'll paraphrase. In Switzerland, weather nice, sea and elk. Oh, hang on, I misread that. It actually says, Lorimer in danger. Send Roy Steele as soon as possible. Well then, I've heard the call. Best be off. Where are you going? I need someone to shout at. You read that memo. Roy Steele, oh, that's you, is it? Well, go on then. Just see you bring me back something nice. A glockenspiel or something. Now get out of my house. Here's Steele. I'm very sorry, but... Yes? Your friend, 
Lorimer Chesterfield. What about him? I am very sorry, sir. Lorimer Chesterfield is dead. Dead? Are you all right, Hastil? I... I might have that little chair we were talking about now. Let me make you a drink for the shock. No, no, I'm all right. How did he... I mean, was he quick? What happened to him? Herr Professor Chesterfield has faced the worst of all fates. He has seen something that he could never return from. If he was in danger, why didn't he just call me? Instead of waiting until it was too late. Because I didn't know what I'd done until I did it. Lorimer! Hello, Roy. But she just told me you were dead! Look here, lady, what the hell are you playing at? (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry about her. Her sense of humour is odder than yours. But you're definitely alive! Only we've seen a few things over the years. You're not a ghost or a zombie or a vampire or some kind of robot double program to kill playboys, are you? I'm definitely alive. Can I throw an apple at you to check? No. And you, Suki, lovely Suki, come here and give your Uncle Roy a hug. All right, it's fine. I'll back away. Enjoy your reunion while you can. Stop your talking right this minute. Why didn't you tell me Lorimer was dead? Because he is. He may well be here in this room talking to us. But make no mistake. Within a week, his time will have come. Already something feeds on him. And as it grows, then Lorimer Chesterfield will die. You listen here, lady. I want you to imagine a kettle. A kettle with my face. In fact, I am the kettle. At the moment, I'm heating up very nicely. But if you're not careful, I'm going to start boiling. And then you're going to start whistling. I thought you were the kettle, Roy. Well, I'm making her the kettle. Uh, Frau Gersler, would you leave us alone for a while, please? Roy and I need to have a little chat. As you wish. She's lovely. She grows on you, but only the way that moss does. What's with a wheelchair? I've been very, very foolish. But your brain is the size of a small Lincolnshire market town, if not bigger. Perhaps too big for my own good. I fear I have tampered with something that was best left buried. Right, are you getting all cryptic? Because you know how much I hate it when you do that. Especially when you've hidden my scotch ration. Sorry. Is she right? Are you a dead man? Well, I certainly hope not. I think Suki would be very cross. Listen, fella. I'm here now, which means your chances have just effectively tripled. Um, I don't think that's right. I'll let you off. You're ill, your brain's probably not working. Um? We need a plan of attack. All this talking is making me uncomfortable. I'm not sure even your fists are up to this. What? These fists were voted World Fist Champions 1964. You don't understand, Roy. Then help me. How close was that? It sounded miles away. But don't worry, I'm sure it's just foxes. I've heard that sound before. Yes, going through our bins at three in the morning. You're properly worried, aren't you? Right, you need to tell me what's going on. You're right. It's funny. What is? It's the middle of the night... We're in a Swiss castle at the height of winter. Got a roaring fire. What better conditions to tell a ghost story? Here you go, fella. Get this inside you. Is this... Branded instant soup. I had a job lot in, so I thought I'd bring some with me. You never know. This one's cream of scotch, or you can have lamb and indeterminate vegetables. Uh, the lamb... Well, you sure can pick a holiday spot. There's a ski lodge across that chasm. A ski lodge with booze and skiing. Cataloguing isn't a holiday, Roy. Really? 
I'm sure that working so closely with Suki must have its benefits. Uh, Speaking of Suki, you mentioned something about your working as Sir Maxwell's... I've been offering him the benefit of my wisdom. Right, and that involves a lot of typing, does it? No! That's just a service I provide on the side. Look, what the hell is so dangerous about cataloguing that you need my help? You remember I had that letter from Dr. Clamshell at St. Seds? He told me about this place, that housed the most comprehensive collection of alchemical texts in the whole of Europe. As he couldn't come himself, he suggested I take his place. A big house full of massive books. That must have been like cheese to a horse. Uh, to a study of the paranormal and the esoteric, this is like a gold mine, albeit one that's above ground and full of paper. You see that bust? You sent Suki away. Uh, please stop, for I send you away again. That statue. Ugh. What's going on with his face? That's Simon Diablo. He owned this house. Not the Simon Diablo. You've heard of him? Of course I haven't. Simon Diablo was a minor 17th century philosopher who became obsessed with the arts of magic. He left the Mediterranean and came here so that he could give over his life to the study of the supernatural. His death was in very mysterious circumstances. How mysterious? Very mysterious. When they found his body lying in the forest out there, it had to be covered up very quickly. No one could bring themselves to look upon it. Right, you're really selling this place to me. It seemed too good an opportunity to turn down. Think of how it would benefit our work. Uh, also, a few weeks with Suki, well, I'm sure you can imagine. Well, I'm not imagining anything, Sonny. Well, you needn't. When we arrived, things didn't quite run to plan. We had been taken by horse and cart from the nearest village and deposited at the gate of the house. No one would go any further. I'm sorry if the journey to our schloss caused you and your companion some inconvenience. The villagers are still suspicious of this place, even after so long. I'm surprised Simon Diablo is so well remembered. The stories are passed down, and so they are cut off. If we need supplies, either myself or Klimpt here have to make the journey. A great inconvenience, isn't that right, Klimpt? <laughs> but perhaps that will all change now we have a respected academic from London's London University with us. And his friend... Oh, uh, this is Suki. She'll be assisting me. I see. But we're not here to prove or disprove anything. I'm just here to record Herr Diablo's collection and make some notes. His library is very significant. Indeed. And we suffer as a consequence. Uh, Perhaps we might rest. It's been a long journey and we're very tired. I will show you to your rooms. Uh, Rooms? Is there something the matter? Uh, no. You are not married? Oh, no, 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 gosh, no, 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 well, uh, ow, Suki, that's my shin. Her professor, I'm sure you understand that we wish no longer to be tarred by the reputation of Simon Diablo, even after nearly 200 years. The stories of what happened here haunt us. What do you mean? Allow me to show you. <coughs> this will be your room. Klimt, show the Fraulein where she can sleep. Well, it's quite a view across the grounds. The snow makes everything look so peaceful. That's a little outhouse over there, with the interesting spire. A chapel? That was Herr Diablo's library, where you shall be working. Interesting crenellations. Well, a bit gaudy. It's not gaudy. He wasn't born until 1852. Oh, no, I mean, oh, it doesn't matter. I will take you down first thing in the morning. Until then, I hope you will sleep peacefully. Oh, I'm not sure I will with that thing staring at me. The painting? Uh, it's hideous. And um, what are they all doing to each other? Is that even physically possible? It is called the Midnight Chamber. I believe that Herr Diablo installed it here as a reminder. A reminder of what? Of the possibilities that lay ahead once he had conquered the natural order of the world. 
So, this, uh, this painting. Yes, Roy? Can I have a look? No, you cannot. Honestly, I can't believe you stopped my story to talk about some dirty painting. Well, it might be important. I had to take it down. I couldn't sleep with that thing there. Oh, I bet you couldn't. Not oh. like that. Whilst it was there, it was like there was a presence in the room, watching me. Oh? That painting, there were so many people in it, all getting up to the most unpleasant things. But their faces, they were all turned to face the front, as if they were looking out at me. Ugh. I took it down and hid it under the bed. The safest place. Uh, the funny thing was, in the morning, when I came back to my room after my shower, it was back on the wall. You slept well, Herr Professor? A bit restless. You haven't been in my room this morning, have you? Herr Professor! Or Klimt? Klimt has been out since six. Why do you ask? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm still a little tired. Is this it? Herr Simon's library, yes. <sighs> Must. The smell of knowledge. If you need a light, there are some candles on a shelf somewhere. Oh, thank you. Right, well, we get started. This log and catalogue itself. Although I wish it could. Maybe I should invent something. I could sell it in the catalogue. Please begin. Do not feel like you need to make... What was that? A joke on my account? Um, you're, you're not going? I can stay with you. Oh, don't feel like you have to. <laughs> you want to be alone? Um, well, yes. As you wish. You have legs. I'm sure you can run. If you need to. Odd woman. Right. The library proved to be more important than I ever dreamed possible. Some of the texts I found just that morning included work in Latin, Arabic, an original copy of Turba Philosophorum, the narcotic manuscripts. Uh, where are you going, Roy? Are you going to list all the books? Oh, maybe. Well, you get started. I'll make us some more branded instant soups. But it's important you get a flavour of the man. I'd rather the flavour of a soup. Tell you what, you keep talking, imagine I'm there, then I'll come back with a soup and a little whiskey, and we'll both be happy. Sit down, Roy. Fine. It was like being in a sweet shop, but one where all the chocolates were made of fascinating paper. So much to catalogue. A lifetime of knowledge within my grasp. Grasp? Right, I don't like where this is going. To be the man to have found all this. Most fascinating of all was the notebooks I found. It seems that Simon Diablo had been making his own researches. I found complex, hand-drawn astrological maps, references to passages in books detailing the control of the elemental forces of nature. I was beginning to see how obsessed Diablo was. He wasn't working alone. He was in correspondence with other researchers abroad. In his letters and notebooks, I began to see references to a box. The box is the key. And then another page with one phrase written in urgent, scrawled writing. Buxom non apparire. Do not open the box. How did you know that? <laughs> did I ever tell you about the time I had to deal with a rabid elk terrorising a convent? <laughs> they were quite grateful. Do not finish that story. I'm more interested in your box. Did you find out any more? I knew I had to. His writings turned to it again and again. What could have been so important about a box that fascinated and terrified him so much? And what secrets did it hold? And what secrets did it hold? I just said that. I know, I was asking you. What a fool I've been! I hungered for knowledge like a man would hunger for delicious cake. What kind of cake? I don't know. Madeira? Poppy seed? Oh, really? Not a jam sponge? It doesn't matter what kind of cake it was. Now I've eaten it, it can never be uneaten. What do you mean? I'd been working solidly for hours before I looked up. The light from my candle was getting dimmer, so I moved to fetch another one. As I stood up, I glanced through the window. 
What I saw startled me. There was a figure standing in the snow. I couldn't make out the face. It was some distance away. His left arm was outstretched, pointing directly at me. I don't know what it was. The atmosphere of the gloomy library, or the texts I've been reading, or just the poor night's sleep. But something about that figure made me deeply uneasy. You went outside? Um, hello? Who is that? Uh, come closer, please. I, I can't hear you. Oh, fine. Um, Klimt? Your lunch, Herr Professor. Ah, couldn't you have shouted? Uh, my throat, Herr Professor, like uh, someone has made paper out of sand. Right, sandpaper? If you like. Okay, couldn't you have brought it to me? <laughs> um, uh, you were right. That place, I don't like it. No? I wouldn't let my foot near it. If I saw my foot near the door, I'd say to my foot, Oh, whoa there, my footy little marvel, and come back from that room. There's nothing in there for feet. Right, okay. Um, what do you mean exactly? She used to make me dust in there. Dust and check for silver. Check for silver? One day, as I came to that door, I heard banging. Banging, sir, from inside. Uh, the wood settling? I've got eyes here, Professor, and I know what to use them for. I placed my eyes by the keyhole. Just for a minute, just to be sure. And? It had no face, sir. <laughs> it had no face. <laughs> uh, what did? Where are you going? Eat your soup here, Professor. What do I do with the bowl? Just chuck it in the snow. Oh, fine, I'll, I'll just... Returning to my work, I tried to put what Klimt had said out of my mind, but some part of it lodged in my head and wouldn't leave me. The bit about the feet? Uh, no, the figure in the room. When I got back to the library, it all seemed as I'd left it, except... Yes? In the corner of the room, a pile of books had fallen to the floor. I'm sure I closed the door and there wasn't a breeze. Bending down to pick them up, I looked at the shelf they'd fallen from. And? There was a box. A box? The box. That box? I checked the description I had read. A small, unassuming wooden box, big enough to hold in your hands. Around the sides was a carving depicting a party of soldiers, I suppose they were, presenting the box to a king. Their faces only added to my sense of unease. What did he do? I put it to one side. What? I had cataloguing to do, Roy. I was on the university's time, and someone has to pay for that jacuzzi you plumbed into my flat. So you just left it there? For as long as I could. But for the rest of the afternoon, I couldn't concentrate... The box was all I could think about, and it felt like it was always there in the corner of my eye. There was a nagging thought in my head. Open the box, and maybe I'll find what I'm looking for. Finally, as the light became too bad to continue work, I decided to finish for the day. I packed up my equipment and made to leave. But I must have been preoccupied, because instead of heading to the door, I found myself at the opposite side of the room with the box in my hands. Godmothers! So you put it down and headed for the castle where you could find a drinks cabinet? I had to open the box. I knew I did. If my career as an academic and part-time monster hunter meant anything, I knew that I needed to find out what was inside. 
It wasn't particularly heavy. It wasn't even locked. Strangely, it was the only object in the library that wasn't dusty. It was a matter of moments to open it. I pulled up the lid, peered inside. And? It was empty. Oh, for God's sake! I put the box out of my mind, locked up, and I set off for the castle. On the way back, I found myself becoming more uneasy, like I wasn't alone. Through the trees behind me, I, I thought I saw a shape. Something dark, bent over. If I'd only known then what was to come. And what was to come? Well, dinner, chiefly. And you were busy, Herr Professor? You catalogued many things? It's quite an extensive collection. Herr Diablo must have been quite a scholar. Quite. A shame your Miss Suki could not have found herself equally as occupied. Yes, I'm sorry. Perhaps you'll be able to index my notebooks. What? I thought you liked indexing my notebooks. Right, well, maybe we can go for a walk or something. It would be good not to spend too much time in such a library, I think. Tomorrow should be a full day. I've barely scratched the surface. And there's the artefacts. Silence climped. Artefacts? Yes, I found a box. He seemed quite obsessed by it. Put it aside. Do not be distracted by such things. Yes, you're probably right. I'll have to work extra hard tomorrow to make up the time I seem to spend pondering that thing. Please, do not spend too much time in such place. In the twilight. And what's wrong? The candles. They are precious commodities here, and we cannot replenish them from the village. We must find other sources of wax. Oh? Will I need to fetch my wax spoon? Uh, Not yet, I think. Oh, God. Well, this is me. Gosh, I'm tired. You're not going to stay silent on me the rest of the stay, are you, Zuki? It's not my fault you wouldn't let us both be in the library unchaperoned. And this room arrangement. But, uh, we're alone now. Why don't you pop in? We could talk about etchings or something. You know, just the... Just the two of us? Herr Professor. Oh, uh, Frau Gosler. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to see you here. Evidently. Fräulein Suki, the light is bad. Allow me to escort you to your room. Yes, why not? Uh, good night, my dear. <sighs> Another lonely night with that painting for company. I had another bad night, plagued with strange and terrible dreams. It was like the scenes in the painting were being played over and over in my mind. Terrible and appalling things. Doesn't sound that terrible. Right. It was shocking. Horrifying. The appalling depravity. And in the background, watching throughout, a strange dark figure, bent over, hunched and twisted in an almost inhuman way, creeping through the scene towards me. As it stalked through the couples, it let out a noise. And then I thought I must have woken up, but I couldn't have, because when I opened my eyes, in the corner of the room was that figure, its hand outstretched, and its hand was rough, hairy, its nails like talons, and its face, its face, its face! Lorimer! Snap out of it! Lorimer! Oh, I'm sorry. Here, have some refreshing scotch. There's a good fella. This figure... Are you sure it couldn't have been Klimt? He sounds quite unpleasant. No, we didn't find him for days. Eh? I'll come to that. I heeded Frau Gersler's advice and I stayed away from the library as much as I could. 
I took the books I needed back to the castle, and Sugi was able to help me. Every time I walked to and from the library, I couldn't shake the feeling that something was watching me, the shape from my dream. The nights got worse. I had to lock the picture outside my room, just get a few good hours. But when I woke up, it was always back on the wall. Did you say something to Frau Gersler? No. The first chance I got, something terrible happened. Ah, Professor, you look terrible. Oh, thanks. I've not been sleeping. There's this noise, like screaming. Actually, don't look too well yourself. What's wrong? Please, uh, uh, over here, it's glimped. What's the matter with him? I'm not getting near that spoon of his, that's what he wants. Please, over here. This better be important. I really would like to get this work done so I can go home. Oh! Oh, gosh! Klimt! What's happened? Where's his skin? The box, Herr Professor. What did you do? I, I don't understand. There was nothing in the box. You opened it? Well, yes. Where are you going? I sent word to the doctor. And then I was alone. Yet not alone. There was the body and something else. I could feel it looking at me from the trees. Its eyes burning into me. Except they weren't its eyes at all. I'd seen them in the mirror before. I knew I had to get back to the castle to get away from the thing. But every time I looked over my shoulder, it was there. Following me at a distance. And it's out there now, Roy. Waiting for me. Roy? Roy? Hell's cats, Lorimer. I think I need a drink. Dead bodies, scary ghosts. Oh, excellent work. Oh, thank you. Made me feel so much better. What was in that box? Nothing was in the box. Not as far as I could see. Then I read a little further, and I found mention of it in a text called The Book of the Serpent, a box that could give its owner powers over their desires. And Simon Diablo had that box. And it killed him. Jesus! Where did you come from? I was standing in the corner. What, all the time? Yes, more of it. Um, I'm sure that's probably totally normal. And healthy. Unlike your friend. Listen, lady. There's one thing I don't like in life. Crypticity. Also geese, but let's not talk about that now. So how's about opening that mouth of yours and see what comes tumbling out? It better be words. Klimt. Poor Klimt. He may have had a face like twelve-week-old milk and could not abide shelves. But he did not deserve that death. Not the death afforded to Simon Diablo. You mean... His body was found skinless in the grounds. Just meat and bones. Like a badly made sausage. He too had opened the box. But Diablo died hundreds of years ago. The box is the constant. He was motivated by greed. He must have let free whatever was inside. Just like me. They say he was raving by the end. Plagued by visions of something horrible. And as it got worse, so his strength declined. The same thing is happening to your friend... You should prepare yourself for the worst. If you knew me, you'd know I never prepare for anything. Are you saying that's a good thing? When is it not? Um, Can it, Lorimer? Are you suggesting we try and fight this thing? I'm hardly in the best condition for a fight. Ah, but Lorimer, perhaps you're in exactly the condition you need. Eh? Sorry, I don't think I thought that through. I'm not sure it's going to be as simple as just fighting it. If our adventures have proved anything, it's that fighting is always the answer. I don't think that's what our adventures have proved. Oh? And what do you think our adventures have proved? That rational, scientific analysis has always seen us through. But they always end in violence, which is exactly what we need here. We're dealing with the irrational. You can't understand these forces. We need to rely on the one thing that won't let us down. Swift, primal fisticuffs. 
You won't achieve anything. Didn't you say you wanted rid of the reputation this place has? Yeah. Then, and I say this with caution, maybe Roy Steele can find a way to stop it. Excellent. So what's your first move? Bed. You look terrible. I know. More terrible than last night. Yes, I've been working, trying to find a solution to this mess. I thought something in one of these books might tell us something. Well, you can throw those books of which you speak in the bin. You have a plan? Do I have a plan? <laughs> a plan? Right. It's funny you should say that, because the answer to the question, do I have a plan, is, of course, yes. Yes, I have a plan. And what is this plan? You and Suki here stay and protect the house. Before you start, Suki, I've seen your moves and they're very impressive. But this is work for an expert, and I don't think you've got a PhD in phytology. Well, neither do you. It's not a thing. Now, hang on a minute. We need to defend our one place of safety. You've already told me you saw this thing in your room. It's no good as getting up to the rough stuff if it only comes and hides in here. If it does, Frau Gersler can growl at it and Suki can clobber it. And what are we doing? We shall be putting my tracking skills to work in the grounds. And when we find it? That's the beauty. We don't need to find it. It can find us. Strikes me we need to get it trapped somewhere. What better place than the library? Our skinless fella... His name was Glimt. I'm sorry. Klimt, our skinless fella, has proved that this thing has a taste for meat. Frau Gersler, you're a woman of the world. Got any gammon? There should be some in the kitchen. Good. We're going to use it like porky breadcrumbs and lay a trail right back to the library. Just like Alice in Wonderland. Hansel and Gretel. Bless you. And then what do we do? Burn it. You can't. Those books are priceless. Look, what would you rather be? Having a lovely time with that there Suki over there, or prize cuts at a butcher's convention? There must be something else we can do. Did you find anything in those books? No. Well then. Look, maybe we can entice it back into its box somehow. If not, I look it square in the face and set fire to its nose. You mustn't. You must look at its face. Why? Just... Just... Don't. All right then, Lorimer. You poo-pooed my burning library idea. Let's hear what you have in mind. I poo-pooed nothing. Just... What was that? That's a squirrel. You all right? You seem pretty... Pretty what? Well, snappy. I'm sorry, Roy. I'm just not looking forward to meeting that thing again. Its face. Don't you worry about its face. My fists are loaded and ready to pounce, like a gun made out of snakes. Come on, fella. We're too exposed out here. Uh, just slowly, Roy. I'm still not too good out of my chair. So, how exactly do we attract this thing? Hmm, well, I, I think it's drawn to me, so... What's that, Lorimer? Lorimer Chesterfield? Um... Okay, thanks, Lorimer Chesterfield. There, that ought to do it. I'm not awfully keen on you using me as your Judas goat, Roy. I'm sorry, old man. That was insensitive of me. Tell you what, you just sit here and have a rest in the snow. I'll just go and hang around behind that tree over there. You're doing it again. Well, we have to do something. It's freezing out here. What's that? What? Another squirrel? Oh, no. Is... Is that... I think that's it, Roy. You think that's it? You better be sure before I lose my punching skills all over it. Perhaps we should go back in. What? I don't think I can look at it again. You stand firm, fella. 
The sooner we've booted this bastard back to hell, the sooner we can have a delicious drink. Look, over there. Is that it? That's it. Don't look at its face. Why? Will it turn me to stone? No. Will it hypnotize me and make me do its bidding? Well, no. Then just why shouldn't I look at its face? Don't ask me that. Right, stay here. If there's one thing I can do for you, it's this. Please! What's the old saying? If the mountain won't come to Roy, then Roy better come to the mountain. Where did you hear that? No one says that. Actually, I think I might have made that up in the bath. Here we are, boy. It's fine, Lorimer. It's not moving. It's okay. Come on, you big old hairy thing. Look at you. You just need a decent meal inside you. Just not Lorimer Chesterfield. There's only one person getting their hands on his flesh, and that's the lovely Suki. Don't get too close. It's fine. It's not even looking at me, all bent over like this. Roy. It's fine. I just need to look it in the eye. You don't need to look it in the eye. Quiet! I think I've lulled it into a false sense of security. Come on, then. There's a good thing. That's it. Roy! Come on. Look at me. Look at me so I can hit you. Here we go. That's it. You mustn't see. You mustn't ever see. Oh, my God. It's face. Lorimer! I know. It's face! I know! It's... It's your face! How has this thing got your face? Look out! It's claws! Hoof it! I am hoofing it! Then hoof faster! Where? Where do we hoof to? Perhaps we can lose it in the trees. It's gaining on us. I thought you were going to punch it. I can't punch your face, Lorimer! But it's not me! If you don't do something, we'll both end up like Klimt. No one's making a sausage out of Roy Steele. That's the spirit. All right, here goes. Stop running. Now, see here, you... Oh, where's it gone? That's odd. See, we lost it in the trees, I told you. Hell's chimney! It's not lost in the trees, Roy. Yes, thank you, Lorimer. This way! I can't keep up. You have to. Here, behind this bush. Where is it? It's gone again. Any idea where we're running to? Uh, No, no, I lost my bearing. We need to keep an eye out for that chasm. I'm not falling off a cliff while being chased by a hell beast. That would just be embarrassing. Yes, quite. Why does it have your face? Is this why you were being all coy? I wasn't being coy, Roy. I'm terrified. I looked in the box. Whatever that thing is, it's come from me. Horrible. I've never seen you like this before. Roy, look! Over there! Oh, yes. What's it doing? Is it sniffing the snow? It looks like it. Smiling. Oh, God. Lorimer, I have a plan. Stay here. Uh, Be careful. Don't worry. (laughs) I'll sort this out once and for all. Roy? What's he doing now? Oh, I don't like this. Oh, something's happening. It didn't work! It didn't work! What? Run! It's gaining on us. We can't outrun it. It's all right. I'm coming up with a new plan. What is it? Have you got a pen and paper? It's just I need to write the plan down. Look out, the chasm! Jesus! Oh! Oh! Roy, it's got me! It can't hit you, face-stealing bastard! It's claws! Right, that does it. Hi! Ow! Sorry. Wrong one. Hi! It's quick. It's loosening. It's face, Lorimer. I've never seen you so angry. Hit it again, Roy. All right, I'm going to break out the big guns. This calls for a double fist. Hi, hi! (laughs) Are you all right? I'll do. Is it... Take a gander. I'm not sure. Come on. See? Bullseye. Ouch. Thrown a Lorimer-faced monster off a cliff? That's another thing crossed off the to-do list. I think we should go down there for a look. What? 
I thought you didn't want to be anywhere near that thing. We have to be sure it's dead. Here, get this down here. Whiskey? Yes. Also a touch of Grand Marnier. Rum? What's the tang? White spirit, I think. Uh, Yeah, I think I'll pass, if you don't mind. I don't understand it. We both saw that thing go over the edge. It screamed. We saw it hit the bottom. I know. The bottom over there. Yes, Roy, I was there. So where is it? We must have killed it. It kind of got up and wandered off. That ground looked untouched. I suppose we could have found the wrong spot. I pride myself on accurately placing sources of alcohol. And you saw this bar whilst you were running in terror. Actually, don't answer that. Uh, excuse me, sirs. You said you would pay me extra for the white spirit. Uh, Lorimer, do you have your wallet? Um, excuse me, sir. Have you seen anything odd out the front of your establishment recently? Does your friend's cravat count? Oi! It's just we we thought we saw something fall from a great height earlier on. We thought it landed over there. No, sir. I've been here all day and nothing has fallen today. That's a bit weird. On the ground untouched. Ahem! Oh, yes. <clears throat> Lorimer? Hmm? Wallet? Oh, yes, of course. Oh, uh, I seem to have left it at the castle. Ah, and I spent the last of my money on this clock I thought you could give Suki. Look, when it strikes the hour, a little cuckoo comes out with a memo pad. So, you have no money. It's looking that way, Squire. <laughs> Do you want a cuckoo clock? Tourist, don't go anywhere. I'm coming back with a stick. So what happened to that thing? I don't know. I don't suppose we'll ever know. But you're sure it's, you know, dead? If it was alive in the first place. But, um, yes, yes, I, I, I'm sure it is. Right. Come on. Where are we going? We've got to grab Suki. Then there was a little night spot I saw back in town. Oh, very well. Oh, I thought we were for it there, Roy. Yes, well, let's hope it won't be infesting the woods again. What? Infesting, but with face. <laughs> like your face. Shut up, Roy. The Monster Hunters and the Box of Desires was written and directed by Peter Davis and Matthew Woodcock. With Matthew Woodcock as Roy Steele. Peter Davis as Lorimer Chesterfield and the cabbie. Laura Marshall as Frau Gersler. And Simon Kane as Klimt, the barman and Sir Maxwell House. Engineered and edited by Peter Davis. With thanks to Heather Duell, Laura Davis and Emma Gibbs. Visit our website www.themonsterhunters.com This was a Newgate production. And do you know the funny thing about horses? What's that? They don't have sore throats. Don't they? No. So I don't know where the name comes from. That is weird. Yeah. Oh, hello there, hello. everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Hunting the Monsters, Avec le Monster Hunters. My name is Peter Davis, and with me is Matthew Woodcock. Good evening. My name is Matthew Woodcock. So today we're going to be talking about Monster Hunters and the Box of Desire. Our Christmas special. Ooh, yeah. Look at this. Which is, I think, is one of our favourite episodes. I we... think it is the best episode we have ever done. Well. 
Well, that's some, that's so some big far. talk, Sonny. I feel bad about the other ones now. Yeah, they don't mind. Poor they're episodes. Not, look at them. They're crying. Buy them a, buy them a Ryman's voucher. Oh, they've perked up now. Look at that. And so this was one of our Christmas episodes. This and was. as we have mentioned before, we do like to have the traditional Christmas idea of ghost stories. We like a nice, proper scary ghost stories. Also, I've always loved things that play with chronology and going back and forward in time, and we definitely play with that in this episode. Especially with the very beginning, where we turn up and we think that Lorimer's dead. Obviously, don't really think that, but um, yeah, but it's Roy not because does. Yeah, and we don't really... Well, we, we do every now and again, but it's really nice when we take the veneer off Roy a bit and mm. make him a bit more vulnerable. Absolutely. So we so had all these nice. really serious thoughts as well, and then we had Simon Kane playing Klimt. Yes, <laughs> which which just light, lightens things up. Yeah, so this is the core Monster Hunters team again, with Simon Kane as Klimt and uh, Laura Marshall as Frau Gersler. Gersler, I've got a story about that. Because, oh, go on then. Now, I'm a big fan of Anthony Trollope, and uh, I've been reading for the last few years the, the Palliser books, which are about uh, late 19th century politics. And one of the characters in the Palliser books is is uh, as Madame Max Gersler, and she's very good, and she's probably my favourite character. So I named Frau Gersler in this after her from the Palliser. And this is the first I've ever heard of this. So thank that. you for telling me that information, that. Matthew. So I appreciate that very much. There you go. <laughs> and there's another name we mentioned, which if you listen to our little chat about our live show we did, Knife for the Museum, you know that we named a character in that episode from someone that. Uh, Matthew has played before in the past Sebastian, Sebastian Tanner Tanner. and in yes. this episode there is a character called Simon Diablo <laughs> yes <laughs> no, for a <laughs> fact Matthew has used before quite a few times especially at the London Dungeon he'd often be calling himself Simon Diablo wandering around the, the halls of the London Dungeon indeed being ridiculous to paying members of the public talking about swans killing people and things like that <laughs> if you read like M.R. James ghost stories one of the things you get is like a fusty university professor type who gets in over their head and that is Lorimer that is me they'll usually be looking through some sort of like arcane knowledge yeah from it's a book or something like research that. yeah and, and yeah. so we played on that and then you've got this box of desires which which Lorimer really can't resist opening. Well, of really course, obviously. Come on. It's knowledge. We've played with Lorimer being brought down by his lust for knowledge. before. We, we play around with that a bit more in Series 3. Yes. Spoiler warning. Um, but, yeah, this is the beginning of that, really, causing kind of, some issues. And so he's pursued through the snow by this, this yeah. creature... This thing with his own face. It's about what happens when you dabble with things that you shouldn't dabble with. So, listeners, beware. Do not dabble with the arcane knowledge. Stop dabbling. I said to you with this, is like, I want the most horrendous noise <laughs> you did. possible. Yeah. And I think the um, most horrendous noise that I could possibly think of was foxes. Yeah. If you have ever heard a fox late at night screaming, it is probably the most distressing sound, because they sound like... Children, don't they? They sound they like do, babies. They do, like children bit. screaming, yeah. There's, a, there's something primal inside you that... Yeah, so I did, I did that find gets you. a few different fox noises. Yeah. And it's funny, we actually played that in the script because Roy says, I think that's foxes right at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and also the painting in his room... Yeah, the painting. It's kind of Hieronymus Bosch mm. in that it's, it's lots of people being orgiastic. There's an M.R. James story called The Mezzotint, which I don't know whether I'm pronouncing right, but it's the mezzotint, it's a story about a painting where a f- 
every time you look at it, there's this figure that comes out of the house in the painting mm. and, and comes across the lawn carrying something. And so that kind of influenced me there, plus um, A Warning to the Curious, mm-hmm. which is about a guy who goes to dig up the lost crown of the kings of Albion. And it's guarded by a ghost, and he digs it up, and then he's chased across this beach by this phantom. Well, we've all been there. Who hasn't been there when you've been to East Anglia? And uh, and so that was playing into it a bit. And if you want to see these paintings we're talking about, we could put a link to them on our MySpace page. Look at that. So go to our you MySpace them, didn't page. They? Yeah, it's my version of them. Yeah, yeah but it's still it's still fun. very good. It's stickmen, though, isn't it? Yeah, but they're still doing the same things. It's still they're still very graphic. I'm not a big horror fan. I don't like. No. blood and gore horror but I am I interested you do you do but I like yeah. no I agree I like gothic I also very I like much ghost like stories scary stuff as well and I think this story is the distillation of, of this is like our quintessential Christmas special it's the the, the platonic ideal of a Monster Hunter's Christmas special it's yeah. the one where where everything just fell into place and there's there's the fact that you've got Lorimer being hoisted by his own petard Roy having to ha- have his kind of armour broken up a bit. This kind of threat that is unexplained and they don't really resolve and cut off in this isolated snowy wilderness. And of course we don't really resolve it, do we? No, we, I mean, the, we don't know what happens to the, the, the creature, whatever it is at the end. Yeah. yeah. And, and I don't think we ever will. No, I agree. Yeah. I don't think no, we, we should. Not, it's we, not something uh, no, agree, we should yeah. ever go back it's and It's supposed revisit. to be a... A mystery. Something that Something you can't explain. Which is the scariest thing, really. It just disappears, and that's it, and they manage to avoid it. The and biggest very, very lucky. fear of humankind is fear of the unknown. Well, so. indeed. Halloween is blockbuster, Christmas is ghosts. Christmas yeah. is scary, but Christmas Absolutely. is the, the darkest point of the year. Mm. And so it is the scariest time, and I think, you know, it's about huddling up in the warmth and, and, keep, and closing out the cold. So come here then you. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we'll see you next time for the next episode of The Monster Hunters. <laughs>